Where the hell are we? Commander Waterford, you have now crossed into Canada. What the hell's going on? Canada. Get in the car. We are Get arresting car, you for war crimes and crimes of aggression in violation of international human rights treaties and international law. While you will be held in custody in Canada, you may ultimately be this transferred. This is a joke. You, you can't hold us. You may be transferred. You don't have the authority. She's done nothing wrong. Do you hear me? You may be transferred to the jurisdiction of the International Criminal Court. You have been charged with war crimes, human rights violations, persecution and torture of civilians, cruel and inhuman treatment, kidnapping, slavery, and rape. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Resisting Gilead. My name is Gina. Today, we are going to be talking about season three, episode 11 of The Handmaid's Tale, titled Liars. And with me today, I have my friend, my college friend, Andrea, who has been on the show before. She was my first interview. Thanks for joining today, Andrea. I'm so glad to have you back on. Hi, Gina. It's great to talk to you again. Yay. So um, it's, uh, you know, we haven't talked since season three started at all. So um, this is a crazy <laughs> season. It is, right? Oh my and God. I mean, I do, I am glad that at least it started much more, uh, I, I guess, on an upbeat note, if you could say that about Gilead. And then we kind of had like a really bad downward pivot, but now it's kind of like up and down and all over the place. What, what do you think about this season? Holy cow. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the writer's room. Like, where do they come up with this stuff? And I swear to God, Elizabeth Moss is the um, Meryl Streep of our generation. She just can do anything with her face, you know? Yeah. It's transformative. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. Oh my actually. god, it just yeah, just struck me yesterday. She's so talented. Did um, you did you ahead. happen to see the movie Us that came uh, out? No, not yet, but it's on my list. So is she in she, that? Yeah, she has a very brief role in that, and she's completely different from June. It's just, <laughs> I mean, you know, and so I think that is a true testament to her oh, acting man. abilities because it's a role I never kind of thought of her being in because she's always pretty much, you know, she's usually got a, like a mission and and is pretty kind of straight and narrow, like you know, like a, a like a true person with purpose, and it's just a very different oh my role for her. She, she's that. just incredible. They're putting yeah. her through the ringer this season. Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they definitely are. Um, I did not like that hospital scene at all. Yeah, that was really brutal. And I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's definitely like the low of her lowest points. Really, yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess you have to... Maybe sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and like go completely crazy in order to come up with a crazy idea that can help people. I don't know. Um, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that somebody, which person said this? Um, was it his, her old commander who said, I didn't realize how much this, you know, Gilead would cost you. Was that her old commander who said that to Serena Joy? Like, how stupid um, are they? Yes, Fred. I mean, what a... <sighs> uh, yeah. I anyway. cannot stand Fred. Which, I know, he's yeah, awful. so amazing. <laughs> That's right. But, um, so, I don't know. Where should we... Where should oh, we my God. This episode? Like, kind of, what, what did you think? What were the things that stood out to you? And then we can kind of dive into some stuff. Well, I was definitely surprised by the ending. And I want to know how involved Serena Joy was in this situation. <laughs> I don't know if I should give everything away. So, uh, no, I mean, we definitely can okay. give everything okay. away okay. because hopefully people are listening to this after <laughs> they watch it versus, you know, spoilers. Um, but 
I think she was a hundred percent completely involved in this. Oh, and isn't it funny that her middle name would be Joy? Cause she is like so far from Joy. Yeah. Yeah. She's oh, really God. joyless. It's, it's a mess. Very sad. And she's far from being serene as well. Oh, yeah. about her first <laughs> <That's> name. <true. laughs> You're right. I mean, oh. she's more like, um, uh, what would you call it? I don't know. Chaotic. Yeah. Hatred? I don't know. I think she was completely involved in this. And I had this weird feeling at the end of the episode where she hands that phone to Fred. Uh-huh. I was like, is she setting him up? Like, because if he makes that call, maybe she made a call afterwards or before, but I just thought she was setting him up. And, and here's kind of why. Okay. I think, well, I think one, she realizes he's only in this for himself and mm-hmm. that he has no intention of getting that baby back for her. <laughs> Two, I think she caught that exchange between he and June after she had to do the ceremony with Commander Lawrence and realized that he is obsessed with her still. Yep. Um, and then three, I... I feel like it's almost every single episode that we have seen Serena Joy in this season, there is always a shot of her hand with the missing finger. I know. And I just think that more than anything, and even that's what we see her hand go over his papers before she hands him the phone. And then we saw it again when she reached out to him when they're staying at that farmhouse and she Mm -hmm. reached out to him and, and she didn't have her little like fake fake prosthetic glove finger on. Yep. Um, and I'm just like, that has got to be like, that is another huge main reason. He maimed her after she was trying to do something good for their child. And ultimately I think that's why she ended up being so okay with like June leaving with the baby at that point. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh my God. She has so much anger in her. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she's never going to forgive him. Never, ever, ever. No, yeah. And I mean, what, they had maybe one last roll in the hay together? Like, <laughs> what was that? Totally, like, <laughs> goodbye sex? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> at least that, at least she would be the last woman that he's been with, other than, you know, because as far as we know, it was June when he, um, you know. I thought he was with a Jezebel. Oh, yeah. He was practicing his speech with that someone. You know, you're right. Yeah. He's a oh, jerk. God. Yeah. He, he's a jerk. He's going to get what he deserves. When they, when they were driving, I'm like, he's taking them to Canada. They're going to mm-hmm. cross the border. He's yep. going to be a war criminal. And then yep. it was just like everything fell into place. And um, yeah, that was so, so good. I know. Um, oh. I still marvel at the production value of this show. It's just so well done. I can't get over how well done it is. Yeah. I and the, mu- the music this season is phenomenal. It really is. I do feel like they've taken it to a whole different level because I, I want to say that the first two seasons, they always had like some killer song at the end to kind of right. wrap up the credits most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple times they ended in silence for dramatic reasons. A couple times they, or once they had, it was, I think it was like a radio playback of a Red Sox game. Um, wow. You know, because we yeah. see like Fenway basically. Right. Fenway, the Boston oh, how weird. That's right. Destroyed. And it was almost God. like an homage to Boston. Oh. But, um, but, um, yeah, I feel like this is the first season that they've really interspersed music into music that is like kind of more from our time and vocal and yes um, Kate Bush yeah yeah I mean so much of it into the actual story track like they always had kind of the background music and and notes Mm -hmm. and everything which was fine but um I think uh John who I had on the show last week we talked about it a little and it was almost like we wonder if it has something to do with her being in the Lawrence household. And we know that he's like a huge fan of art and music and made those mixtapes. Oh. 
And right. so it's almost like that evolution of her in a new household that does have kind of more like good fire to it in a, in a way. And a little, they seem to care about each other a little more as twisted as right. it sounds, but also a house with art and music, whereas culture. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Fred and Serena's house was just, Oh, stark. You know, yeah. I knew they would from time to time play kind of like old jazz standards and maybe I feel like there might have been like a Stevie Wonder or Lionel Richie song in there, but it was always like in the context of Fred's office or like when Serena gave that brunch, it was much less present. It was more like, oh, we're setting the mood versus the music really being interspersed with the story. Right. Now, why did they send June to Joseph's house? I, I missed that somehow. Why him? So the mastermind of this whole shebang. So it sounds like he, well, I initially thought he had requested her and he had requested oh. Emily as I think a way to somehow protect and shield someone that m- might, maybe that's getting a raw deal or that could be helpful in some way, you know. And he said one of the reasons he ended up getting Emily out was because she's brilliant and could potentially change the world. That's right. Okay, gotcha. But but this episode, I think it was this episode when June and, oh gosh, Beth, the Martha in the house. Mm -hmm. Yes. When she said, I regret ever asking for you. Oh, yeah. And so that kind of made me think like, okay, maybe it was partially Commander Lawrence requesting her, but also Beth had something to do with it. And it makes me wonder if Beth had something to do with it because she and Nick had been at least kind of sexually involved at one point Mm -hmm. when we look back at the first season and, you know, they're kind of doing black market trades and, you know, it seems like they've been together in the past and, um, yeah, so it is very interesting um, how, like, she ended up in that household. Okay. So Nick is the bad guy? Well, Nick, in a way? I mean, you know, it's hard to tell with him because yep. he, he, he tried to get June out a couple times and helped assist with that and is right. the father of her child. But when it came down to him actually giving information to the Swiss government, he, he wouldn't do it. And that's when we found out he had been instrumental in what they actually called the Crusades. Oh my God. You know, talk <laughs> about a religious war. Um, and then he just left on that plane to Chicago and we haven't really heard from him since. So I feel like he's kind of a very mixed, muddied character. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell where his loyalties really lie, but um, yeah, it's uh He's a big question mark still, and I don't know. We've only got two episodes left of this season. I don't know if we'll see him again or not. Wow. I just signed up for Margaret Atwood's new book that's coming out. Oh, yeah, I did. I did, too. I, like, pre-ordered it on Amazon or something. Yeah. Um, It's called The Testaments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's related to this. I don't think it's necessarily the same characters, but I'm excited to see where it goes and also... Mm how much is in this book that we've already kind of seen in these last couple seasons of Gilead since, you know, really the first book ended with the first season almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And what did you think of the background on Aunt Lydia? So it was interesting and I felt like it was only part of the story. Oh but, yeah. But I feel like it was a good insight into how she actually became Aunt Lydia down to that, you know, mother uh, Noel calling mm-hmm. her Aunt Lydia. Like they referred <laughs> to her as Aunt Lydia mm-hmm. in a kind familial way. And, you know, just um, Aunt Lydia telling her at the end, this was your fault. It, it just kind of was like, oh my God, it seemed like she created this whole like world of the ants in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was sad. And I do think there's a lot more to her. I'd be really curious like to go back as far as, you know, the marriage she had that was a mm-hmm. mistake that ended in divorce and um, the sister she had who had a baby that was born and died four days later. It'd be oh, yeah. interesting to like, kind of get more 
more into that at some point. I, I kind of doubt we'll see it this season, but, um, but yeah, it was interesting. And I'm glad they finally spent some time on her backstory because <laughs> I, as you know, I thought a lot about, <laughs> yes. But, um, so we this, know that, oh. the, I'm sorry, this season also has way more male energy in it. Just so much more concentration on the commanders. Yeah, it really does. Um, but I mean, because really Fred was Fred and what the skeevy guy, uh, oh, yeah. Janine of uh, Warren, um, God, what was their last name? I can't remember it right now, but like those were really the only two commanders we had right. insight into. And I think it's been really eye opening with Commander Lawrence and you know, he's very conflicted as well. He did have a major hand in this, but it seems like he has an awful lot of regret as well. Yes. Um, you know, and he's, uh, you know, he seems to be maybe the most human of all yeah. of them in a way, you know, he, and he, he's, he's at least like, you know what, I'm not going to do this with a handmaid. I love my wife. And he, you know, he really wanted to kind of maintain that vow he took to her, um, you know, and, until he couldn't any longer um, or <laughs> else, you know, hang on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's been so interesting. And I love Bradley Whitford as an actor. Um, and I think he does bring <laughs> a shred of humanity to the, the commanders. Um, but then, you know, High Commander Winslow mm -hmm. um, has been a really interesting addition. And um, that actor... Chris I, Maloney? Yes, Chris Maloney. Oh. I always just think of him as Elliot from <laughs> Law and Order SPU. I know. He was so great on that for so many years, but... He really, like, you know, it's interesting. I never saw Oz, so I never saw him in that. But I saw him in True Blood when he kind of came in and played this, like, head vampire character. So I know he can have this really, like, big kind of toxic male energy. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's exactly what we saw from him, um, mm -hmm. right? You know, it's, um, he's very much like, oh, Commander Lawrence was my bro. We go way back, which you know, you kind of think, oh, maybe that'll be good for Commander Lawrence if it, if, you know, the shit really hits the fan. Yeah. But, um, I mean, why don't we just talk about that scene between he and June right now? Because this, I had oh, not seen coming in any way, shape or form. No, it was traumatizing. Yeah. And I mean, God. it was like, she was so close to just getting out of there and he's her and I'm just like oh god this is not gonna end well um can you really kill someone with a pen <laughs> well I think she used a few different things like, okay there's a pen or the heel of her Christian oh yeah, yeah yeah yes those were um, nice shoes and then um that whole I know and of course they would have those shoes in the Lawrence household right I'm sure that was a gift from Commander Lawrence to Eleanor at some point yeah. in time um I mean those shoes cost at least a grand um but um and then I think it was like some kind of like statue st oh yes right at right. the end okay but Oof. I was just I mean <sighs> it, it was just like I she was trying to talk herself into going through with it that whole time and yeah. then she's like you're not here. It's not your body. And then she's like, whack, and it's on. And I'm kind of like, okay, so was she trying to talk herself into the fact that she was going to go through this rape? Or was she trying to talk herself into the fact that she had to like, go, you know, go ballistic on this guy and fight for her life? Um, I mean, that's kind of interesting to think about now in retrospect, but I mean, he is so much bigger than she is. Uh, I know. He's got, it. he's got to have, I mean, she's only like 5'3 or 5'4. Jeez. And he's got to be at least 6'2. And so he's got to have a good 75 pounds on her. Oh I my would God. Bet. Yeah. Well, she has so much feminist anger in her. <laughs> yes. I, well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, oh, God. 
it's the, you know she yeah. must have very high cortisol too running through her well yeah oh, i mean I, you're you're living in a constant state of fight or flight right yeah, exactly you're in that society Mm-hmm. And I think especially, you know, she's already in Jezebel's, which is precarious place for her to be without a commander by her side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it is kind of weird that if Joseph didn't go in with her, at least, I mean, I guess it was important for him to like sit in the getaway car. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, uh, um, I don't know. I was really shocked just kind of to, to see that scene between them. And then, you know, and I was just like, once she did it, I'm like, get the fuck out of there, girl, like run. And she's, you know, she's stunned, of course. I mean, imagine it's not easy killing someone, even if it's, you know, to protect yourself and, Mm -hmm. and everything. But, um, thank God for the, that Martha that came in. She's like, you saved me. You need to get out of here. And, you know, um, and you know, they cleaned everything up just like they'd done it before, or I don't know. Um, it was very interesting. Um, but yeah. And I love how she just didn't even say anything to commander Lawrence when she got in the car, he just looked at her and she goes, <laughs> we'll drive, you know, it's like, don't know. <laughs> and why do they keep using his Tesla, is that just because it's a futuristic looking car? You know, like there's so many different scenes where there has to be like second meanings to well, I mean, symbolism, you know, symbolism. I think, I think some of it is, I mean, sure, Tesla is an environmentally friendly car and they are all about the environment. It right. actually seems strange that not more of the vehicles we see are Teslas or kind of environmentally Mm, cars. However, now that I think about it, are most of the cars we see German, like BMW? I mean, I imagine there, there are no more U S car manufacturers. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of gas guzzlers, SUV. Oh, you know. yeah, yeah, totally. And so, I mean, the Tesla, I think it's kind of just like everything else that kind of circles around Commander Lawrence, which okay. is, you know, he he collects things and likes beautiful things. And he's in a position of power where um, I think exceptions have been made for him. So uh, right. he can have that Tesla. And it sounds like he raided the art museum. Yes, I was just going to say that to you. <laughs> I kind of thought that like, they were just big collectors and that was all theirs. <laughs> but it sounds like he, you know, went down to... Helped uh, himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, talk about, you know, maybe he, he picked up some stuff at the Isabella Gartner Museum. Um, <laughs> You know, it wouldn't be the first time that someone's uh, ripped that place off. But, um, There's even a podcast about that. I know. Yeah, the last scene. It was a, it was a really good podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I, it was so interesting that, you know, that was June's bargaining chip with that guy, Billy, was, um, you know, she knew he liked money, and she's like, I've got, like, you know, a crap ton of art you know, uh, mm-hmm. that you can have, uh, to get this plane. So, yeah. What do you think of June's plan? Do you think it's going to work? Oh <laughs> do you think we're going to see any of it work before the end of the season? I kind of don't think it's going to work. It's too risky. I mean, it how is, the heck is she going to pull this off? Well, and I mean, that's the thing. If it's, if it's 52 kids, I feel like in addition to those 52 kids, you have to be able to get out their Marthas and the handmaids in their house at the same time. Otherwise, they're definitely going to hang. Yeah. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, and I mean, if they have a cargo plane, then theoretically, you could probably cram a hundred, few hundred people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone does have to go with the kids. And, you know, maybe that will be the Lawrence's. But, um, you know, it's, um, 
It'll be a miracle. But, yeah. But, you know, Commander Lawrence seems pretty convinced that they're coming for the household um, right away. Yeah. And it made me wonder, is that just because he's on the outs with Gilead? Or is it because does he know that she killed Commander Winslow? Because we, oh. didn't, we didn't see her tell him that information, although right. she was covered in blood. So he knew something <laughs> that had happened there. But, but I'm kind of wondering, with both Winslow and Fred out of the way, because it seems like maybe they're the maybe Winslow is the, like the top dog. I don't know. It's, oh, you know, yeah. but what position would that then put Commander Lawrence in? Does it put him in a better position where he could, you know, be in charge and maybe also kind of ch start changing things from the inside? I don't know. Um, I don't know, but they're ready for people to come for them. And he gave June that gun, which is kind of, you know, gosh, there's so much more murder in this season too. Don't you think? Um, yeah. I mean, we see a lot more public executions for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean that, that Chris Maloney, Commander Winslow murder. I was not expecting that. I, I was expecting to maybe see Fred or, or, uh, Joseph on the wall by the end of the season, which, you know, now that would probably just be Joseph if, if we end up there. But, um, I mean, he still does have a chance to make it out with those kids maybe and, and be kind of a strange hero where I think the only way he's going to save his life or himself from imprisonment if he does that is to, you know, super cooperate with the Canadian and Swiss governments and give intel into what they wanted that time they met with June, which was... Mm -hmm. Uh, information about the the leadership uh, infrastructure and and how it worked and you know who would know better than him, right? It but, just seems like the handmaids and everybody are numb to violence. Yeah, well, yeah, and I feel like maybe it was like the very first season. There, someone said something about it's it's how it's crazy how used to you can get to a certain way of life before you mm. know it, where it becomes normal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think this is, it's become normal and, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so you accept the society you're in and then it becomes normal to you what you might have to do to break it down or break out of it or make changes. Mm -hmm. And you know, we know that June's basically willing to sacrifice her life to, to get these kids out. Um, you know, someone has said, a few, a few people have said a few different times, you are going to get killed. You're going to... Yeah, oh, I know. Out. I can't believe she's still alive. Well, yeah, first of all, and now this <laughs> is happening and she's like, yeah, okay, so I get hung on the wall. At least I'm trying to do something. You know, that kind of seems to be her attitude. I know. You know? Um, yes. When you've got nothing to lose, you're willing to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of parallels still with World War II. You know, the underground, kinder transport, like I'm just getting all this deja vu. Oh, yeah. World War II stuff. Spying on each other, surveillance, anguish, a society imploding. It's just so similar to me. Yeah. So maybe that's where the writer's room, that's what they've been studying looking up I don't know you know I, I would definitely say so because I think we see a lot of that in the um in kind of the staging and the scenery this <gasps> you're day. right yes yeah. I forgot about that oh my god yeah. Washington DC holy cow. yeah it's totally Hitler-esque oh, um and then I think I even said there was that um gosh when June was in DC and she goes out to meet Nick um, in that kind of garden area. I'm like, this looks like the freaking Sound of Music with Lisa <laughs> and Rolf dancing. You know, it was very much that. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then I thought about it later and I was like, oh my gosh, he just betrayed her in the same way that Rolf betrayed Liesl when he like ratted her family out to the Nazis. <gasps> and so <laughs> I definitely think it like there's <laughs> definitely World War II vibes in this. Yeah, for oh, sure. big time. Yep. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oof. So, and, and, also, and that goes back to like stealing all the art too, right? Yes, like, yes, yes. 
Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> so weird. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's creeping me out seeing those little girls in those pink uniforms. Oh God. I know. I know. But I think, <sighs> I think that's what really got to June to get that idea to get those kids oh, out. Okay. Yes, you're right. I yep. mean, thinking yep. about her daughter being 11 mm -hmm. or 12 Ugh. and, Gosh. you know, that that could be her any day. <sighs> yep, you're right. Um, She's right on the cusp of that. Yeah, she is. Oh, oh my God. Um, so, so, so. And the flashbacks, you know, to when Hannah was christened and, oh, my God, it's just so sad. Yeah, I know. Um, well, and that it's been five years. That, that kind of blew my mind. You know, I felt like it'd been at least three, but five right. just seems so yeah. much bigger uh, to be away from your husband, to be, yeah. be away from your daughter. Um, See how we take our freedom for granted? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, we do. And that, I feel like that is a huge call out to that opening scene where Eleanor's pointing the gun at, at Joseph. <sighs> yes. You know? And, yep. and she's like, I want him dead. And she's, June's like, yeah, I do too. You know, but, and she's like, well, it's all his fault. And she's like, and your fault and my fault and everyone's fault. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that is so true and important. Like, you know, how did we get up in this situation? Well, a lot of people didn't go out to vote that went and mm -hmm. voted for a bond. Yeah complacency. Yeah. And we all were under the impression that someone else was going to win this election. And I don't think anyone was taking the alternative seriously at all. No, um, we weren't. So, you know, in some ways it's like all our fault. And I don't know, I kind of went off on a tangent this week on, uh, on something where I'm like, I wish everyone would quit getting so excited about their democratic candidate of the moment because we've got a long way to go and they're not doing themselves any favors by ruling out other people at this point because some of the people that some folks are so crazy about right now I'm just like there's no way that person can beat Trump I'm sorry there's not right there's not I know they're you know I don't know and I'm, I'm basically kind of talking about both Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren I don't think either of them can beat him I know it's pretty upsetting yeah um yeah. And how come DJT isn't being arrested for war criminals? He, you know, like, oh, I don't know. I just feel like he should be arrested. Well, I know it's a fantasy of mine, but God. I mean, you know, um, I, I think, I know, uh, I mean, you've heard about the two shootings that happened yesterday. Yes. Um, and that one, there's a manifesto that went live like 20 minutes before the shooting in El Paso. And while they have not directly linked it to that um, yet, or I don't know if they will, that manifesto is pretty damning. And even though the person's like, oh, people are going to blame Trump for this. It's like, well, you're basically, you know, spouting out everything he stands for. And you know, it makes me wonder, you know, how much longer is it going to take for some of these shootings to happen with um, the shooters being so supportive of things that Trump has said and tweeted without someone just being like, he is influencing chaos in this mm -hmm. nation. He's not trying to stand for all Americans. There's, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's trying to like stir the pot. Um, and, you know, I, while I don't think this is his ultimate intention, um, I, I don't think he is uh, smart enough or mentally capable enough to realize um, uh, kind of like how damaging his words are. Um, oh my God, he's like a commander. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, I mean, Yuck. so's Mike Pence, really. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah. Gilead, Gilead's his wet dream, right? Yeah. To have mother in the room with another woman. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, he can't make this stuff up. It's just like, it's like gross upon gross. And I know. I mean, Mitch McConnell, he's another oh, one. Gross. Um, they're all just, um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's um, and uh, now the co yeah. the court system is being full of 
like-minded commander-esque. I know. I know. Jerks. Um, I mean, I have to say when comparing Gilead to kind of some of the stuff that happens here now, it's like, well, at least there don't appear, there doesn't appear to be like full on racism in Gilead, right? I think, right. I saw that multicultural, huge, big family. Were they in DC? Yeah. They're all yeah. different races. Yeah. Yeah. The only comment I've heard was, uh, a couple oh, episodes yeah. ago when the ants were sitting around and they're like, yes. oh, this one could go to this household. And they're yep. like, no, they don't want a handmaid of color. Like that right. is the only I know, me too. thing I've heard yeah. um, that's like, that's, you know, has racist undertones. Um, and Aunt Lydia is losing it. Don't you think? Uh, how do you think she's losing it? I'm curious because I have ideas, uh, but I want to hear what you think. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's always had a split personality, but she is just so full of rage. She beat up that woman with the one eye, the handmaid with the one eye. Janine. Yeah. Yeah, poor Janine. And then she used the cow prod on June. Like, she's just going ballistic. Like, you can just see her. She's falling apart, literally and figuratively. Well, she does, but then she'll do something so nice for Janine by getting her that eye patch. And, you know, she'll be like really tender towards June when everyone Mm -hmm. shows up to witness the ceremony and there's a doctor there and she like gives her reassurance and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, and is proud of her for going back in to stay with, um, uh, of Matthew when she dies. And, She's, that's why she's still just so... I know. Um, An enigma. Yes. Yeah. I mean... Oh, God. But, I mean, I do wonder, like, you know, I think she is, you're right, she is kind of a split personality, but at some point you have to go one way or another, and mm-hmm. which way will she go? Because... Mm. I, I don't think that she wants to see those girls veiled and silenced with the rings. Oh. Um I think it'll be interesting to see how she reacts to, I mean, as far as we know, they're never going to find Commander Winslow's body because they burned him. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know like if or how news of his death will, will get out other than maybe in the Resistance Network. Uh, he'll just like, go missing, right? And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, I'm sure the news about Fred getting arrested in Canada will go viral. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through, through networks and whatnot. And then Serena's role in it. I think that's still a really huge question mark too, is how will the Canadian government spin her involvement? Because really she has, she'll never be able to go back to Gilead when she doesn't have a husband there anymore, which, you know, the show's never touched on it, but what does happen when a commander dies? What happens to the oh wife? Gosh, you're right. Because they can't live, um, they can't, women can't live independently in this oh, okay. society. As far as we know, I mean, would they then be demoted and have to take up Martha status somewhere? So they're in a household that's run by a man? Right. That's, that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. So you know, we've never gone there, but, you know, Serena can't go back one because Fred has been captured and she has no husband to go back to. Mm-hmm. And then two, you know, I think it's going to come out that she basically sold him down the river. <laughs> um, and so she'd never be able to go back to Gilead anyway, because she'd be considered a traitor, right? And she, yeah. And she was so calm during that whole oh, explosive yeah. ending. So there's yeah. your tip off. Yeah. She was yeah. <laughs> just a little too calm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if you watch the sneak peek for, for next week. But, no, I uh, should have. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. And, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had this weird feeling she was setting him up and, and she did. She wow. did. Damn. Um, yeah, it's so, so crazy. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. What else, what else are you thinking about? What's what's the part about Chicago? What do they mean? Like Gilead is spreading to Chicago? So I think, um, 
so it sounds like there was an uprising in Chicago against okay. Gilead. Um, okay. And that's when, you know, Nick got called to lead the forces there. But also that's when all those Marthas got shipped to the Boston area or all the women. I wouldn't necessarily all call them Marthas. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem like they had any type of assignments in Chicago before. Um, You know, they were still in plain clothes. And um, so it, it kind of makes you wonder how how much of the U.S. they have really successfully overtaken. Right. Like maybe they took out leadership, but it doesn't seem like they've, quote, unquote, colonized everything in Gilead fashion yet. Yeah. Um, I have a question about California, because remember June was talking to Janine and said, your son is living in California now. Was she just making that up or yeah she was just making that up because I thought so did you see the the file was he yeah, actually I missed died. it oh he did oh she died in a car that's what accident. I thought yeah okay. that's right but yeah I yeah. kind of wonder about well I mean I wonder about California too just because you know mainly thinking about the Bay Area and Los Angeles where there's such like kind of powerhouses of, you know, technology and a lot of wealth and a lot of thinking that it's hard for me to think they would have easily taken over all of California. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is kind of a big question mark is like, how, how overtaken is it really? But then again, you think of Massachusetts, which is, you know, I think it's like per capita, I think it's probably got the most universities of any other state, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, in Boston alone, I feel like, you know, you move there after college and you were basically still in college because <laughs> like half the city's population is, you know, between the ages of like, you know, 18 and 25. But, um, you know, if it could take over the Boston area, then I could see, you know, potentially California, uh, falling down to that and maybe but you know if Chicago hadn't been totally colonized yet then it makes me feel like California hasn't been totally colonized yet right yeah that, I think you're right so um, <laughs> that I mean that's why getting someone like Commander Lawrence or even Fred to talk about where they've really taken over could be very important um, because that way kind of Canadian government could maybe go into certain hot spots to help them fight in certain locations, um, and reclaim territories. Okay. So, I don't know. You know, what also annoyed me is, um, jo- Commander Joseph, whatever his name is, um, Bradley, <laughs> he, he kept trying to manipulate June into breaking the rules or he was pretending he didn't know the consequences of using birth control and whatnot. And she would be right on top of him and be like, no, I will get eaten alive by dogs if I use blah, 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 you know? Yeah. She always knew the rules and he pretended he didn't know the rules. Well, I think like (sighs) earlier in the season, he was really playing with her and testing her. Totally. You know, like, oh, well, what's the penalty for a handmaid opening the door and yeah. getting her to get that book off the shelf? I'm like, dude, how is she going to do that without reading? And she's just looking at him like, he's like, okay, it's the yellow one, third one up. And, okay, that's just the instruction for her enough where you can think she can get away with getting that book without reading it. Um in front of all those commanders too. I know. Talk about sweating bullets. Like everyone was like holding their breath. <laughs> it was crazy. But I mean, I think, um, you know, he, he, he knows the rules. And I think it was kind of, I think they're both kind of keeping each other aware of what the rules are. Okay. Because when they had that ceremony, you know. Oh, yeah. Eleanor's like, you'll be okay. And, and that's when Commander Lawrence is like, no, because handmaids are supposed to report things that aren't by the book in their households. And June hasn't and Mar- the Marthas haven't. And so it means all of them would be at risk too. Um, and then, yeah, that whole birth control thing was pretty interesting. Um, he likes to play mind games. 
he does. Well, and yeah, that was something that, um, what was it? When June was asking Fred for, you know, intel on Commander Lawrence, he's like, well, he, he doesn't like to be bored. And it's <laughs> true. And so in some ways, June is the perfect handmaid for him because I mm -hmm. think she, you know, having her in, she, you know, she's caused trouble when she said she wouldn't and he, she challenges him and he challenges her. And in some way, I really like that dynamic between them because I feel like it's just a much more honest dynamic than we've seen between a commander and a handmaid, right? True. Yes, very true. Um, you know, even though he's still so responsible for so much of this, but um, yeah, man, I don't know. And you know when she had that scene with that doctor in of Matthew's room? Yes. Did the doctor know her mom? Yes. Okay, yeah. I thought so, yeah. Yeah, they had worked together maybe at one point or he'd met her and said she was scary, <laughs> which I can see her mom being a little scary, very, mm -hmm. <laughs> very uh, firm uh, and whatnot. But I mean, I was kind of excited about... Um, I kind of thought it'd be nice if we saw that doctor again. I like that actor, Gil Bellows. And, oh, yeah, he's um, gorgeous. And, um, and he was so, like, comforting, like, to see, yes. like, Allie McBeal's <laughs> Billy from Allie McBeal, like, I you know, know. He had giving, a bedside manner. Yeah, giving June purpose. And yeah. um, I was a will of, to live. Yeah, seriously. Gosh. And still being, like, a, a human and a doctor before – um, a citizen of Gilead, I thought was, was really important. Um, yeah. but he was um, excellent. Yeah, no, that was a really great scene. That was one of my favorite scenes from that episode. Um, that was also crazy with the music and the heaven is a place on her. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll ever hear that song and think of it in the same way again. <laughs> oh, and what do you think of the lighting in the supermarket it's always like so bright and everything else is so dark you know it is now and you know a lot of people a lot of people commented about the supermarket change this season because it did yeah seem, it did seem very different before like i don't know if they just opened up more of like a mega store or um as far as supermarkets go but yeah it does seem very harsh and sterile and institutional Yes. Um, in there before and in there now. And before it seemed more kind of like, uh, you know, farmer's market-esque a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Well, maybe they've got their kind of food production ironed out. And um, I don't know. The, the thing that I really couldn't figure out uh, the last episode is when they're at those coolers and having the conversation, there were like these bottles of like very clear <laughs> colored liquid. And like, what the what is that? Like, it looks like some like fancy, you know, modern electrolyte kombucha drink. But right. um, I wouldn't think that would be a priority item in Gilead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, I don't know what those were. It's weird. Yeah. Only the production designer knows. I, yeah, I know. What are those products? The products of Gilead. Um, it's very interesting. It's like so artisanal. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's definitely darker. <laughs> darker, literally. And I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. It's just, it keeps you on your toes this yeah. season. It is. Yeah. But I do feel like in some ways it's much more hopeful. Yeah, um, that's true. As well, um, you know, it's it, but it's more, it's like less depressing and it's more nerve wracking. I guess I. Yeah, say. that's yeah. an excellent assessment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I like it. I I like this season more than I thought I would. Yes. Yeah. No, I I do too, and I I think most people are happy that it hasn't just kind of because some writers and stuff could you know used to call it like torture porn um <laughs> which I understand why they would call it that but um you know I think they had to kind of put a more positive spin on it and you know earlier you mentioned like what to be a fly on the wall in the writer's room and mm -hmm. 
you know, in, in one of the kind of behind the scenes episodes, uh, that I watched, um, and I think it was one of the earlier ones this year, I guess they had a lot of arguments in the writer's room about June staying or leaving Gilead at the end of last season. So, um, you know, which makes sense because how different would this show be if she had left? Yeah. You know, would they have ended it? I don't think you could just end it with her leaving. There has to be some fallout, some other side of the story. And so, um, I, I think I did read that they've they've optioned for season four, so I think there is going to be a season four. Oh. Um, so we'll we'll see how this one wraps up and yeah. where they end up going with it. I think she's still going to be stuck there. Um, oh God! She doesn't want to leave without Hannah, and right. now she doesn't even know where she is. So, oh, God. Um, yeah, that was tragic. Yeah, but that was so her own fault. I was just, what are you doing? You're being so stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. But so do you have any sister resistors of the week on the show or in real life or Mr. Resistors, as I like to say? Oh, yeah. Um, Shannon Watts. I don't know if I've mentioned her before. Maybe. She is this mom and this woman who lives in Boulder who has just written a book about resisting NSA and she's a huge advocate of gun reform. She's been all over TV this morning because of the two shootings. And she is my sister resistor. She's so awesome and so inspirational. Um, I wish I could remember her book title right now, but her name is Shannon Watts. Okay. And um, she's trying to take the NSA down and get, gun reform and get those AK-47s off the streets. So I really love her so much. Yeah. NSA yeah. or NRA? I'm sorry, NRA. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Thank I you. Like, National Security <laughs> Association. Well, maybe considering like they're not going to do anything to protect our elections right now, but you know, you never um, know. She started this um, group of people called Moms Demand. So oh, you'll have to cool. Google that. Mm-hmm. I will. No, I'm glad that you have a good sister resistor because <clears throat> I was just feeling like really low based on the news. And I was like kind of oh, scrolling no. through. And I mean, I really don't think anyone was that much of an outstanding person in the debates last week. <clears throat> no, I was so disappointed with that. Oh yeah. Um, except maybe, uh, what is it? Alan Yang of the Yang Gang. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been the most entertaining. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do like him. Yeah, he's, he's such an MIT grad. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, coming at it from a different angle, which is not yeah. a bad thing. It's refreshing, right? Yeah. Well, that's what people said <laughs> about Trump. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Um, I do like Castro as well. I like oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of good candidates. I'm just not ready to, like, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Kamala's and I'm on one of her mailing lists, but I even think like some of the stuff I see on like her, the Facebook group page, I'm just like, wow, you guys are like super drinking the Kool-Aid. She did not do good in this debate. And you mm-hmm. guys are like sunshine, flowers. And I'm like, no, this was not good, people. Like, that's why I just think people need to like, I don't know, dial it back a little and I don't know, think about who's going to beat this guy and who they really want to see. And, um, in I think the next debates, which I think they're going to cut the field in half, which thank Good. It couldn't happen soon enough. Um, I, I think it was, I was listening to the daily podcast, New York times daily podcast the other day. And someone made a comment about how this field of democratic candidates reminds them of the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> and all the bachelor, you know, like, <laughs> Like, oh, oh everyone has their favorites that they want to give a rose to, and you know, <laughs> but you know, you don't get, really get to know anyone very well sometimes before you get rid of them. Right. Producers are manipulating the scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then they talked about how CNN really manipulated some of the, the Q and A. was terrible. I mean, they're Good they're just, God. They're kind of awful. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe the Associated Press needs to come out with a, a new show, but it'd probably be so balanced that no one would watch it. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. For me, I, I don't really have one in real life this week, but I think on the show, I mean, you know, June and the Marthas and everyone kind of involved with this plan. Um, you know, for sure. Um, you know, now the Lawrences are resistors by force because they couldn't get out of the country. That little weasel. I was really disappointed. I'm glad they got turned around and had to come back. Right. Um, um, yeah, I think that was a really good wake up call for, for Joseph that kind of showed him, dude, even though you did your handmaid, it doesn't mean that you're not off the shit list. Um, <laughs> but um, do you yeah, think but, she'll get pregnant again, June? Uh, <clears throat> You know, is she a fertile myrtle? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Um, because I don't think she took those pills. No. Um, and I, I don't think there were morning after pills either. That looked like mm -hmm. a slate of birth control pills to me. Right. But, um, I mean, it'd be interesting, but... Are they going to put her through that again? I don't know. We'll see what the writer's room decides. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's the, like, depending on what happens next, the one and only ceremony. The thing is, like, if the Lawrences leave, where does she go next? Or I, didn't he say, I'd try to get you with a kind commander? Yes, he did say that. Ugh. Oh, boy. Still. Um, I, I hope she gets to Canada. Yeah. Theoretically, she could be placed with Nick. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, hmm. But I think he'd need to have a wife first before, oh, before he could have a handmaid again. And I, I oh. don't know how he feels about that either. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's any, any like big predictions for the end of the season? Oh God, I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I've like had like a couple that were very hit and miss, and someone's like, the one thing you can predict is that there's going to be more misery. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> probably true. <sighs> but maybe they'll tell us more about Aunt Lydia. And her yeah, brother. yeah, maybe they will. I'm trying to think who else. You know, we haven't really got any backstory on Rita before either you're right um oh. you know and like we know that she had a son that fought in the war we don't know which side necessarily but that he died mm -hmm. um you know and that's kind of all we know um i really like the actress um and i like her character mm -hmm. um yeah, but that it could be interesting to see her get more involved in this plan of June's because uh, we know she's kind of involved in that Martha network as it is. I don't know how hooked in she is right now since she's been in D.C. with the Waterfords, but um, and now she has nowhere to go, right? Right. Like, those guys are gone. Um, sure. Where does that leave her? Oh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Serena Joy. It will be. Yeah. Um, I knew, I knew when she was in Canada, I'm like, this is like a taste of freedom. Look at her in those like yeah. great clothes. And she just looks so like, her hair's yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think they knew what they were doing. And I think that, um, uh, what's the guy Tutolo? Um, oh, yeah. American. I mean, you know, I could, I could see that being, I mean, he might be disgusted by her, but it could be a potential <laughs> love interest for her as well. Um, true. yeah. Uh, depending, you know, she could work the other side now. I mean, that's probably the way that she's going to have to do it to, to survive. stay in good standing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and so, I mean, which is interesting, right? Because she had a lot to do with the creation of Gilead and her feminist manifesto kind of sparked an idea um, that was adopted into it. And now she's in the position where she can uh, tear that down and or reform her thinking, um, you know, and maybe like redefine like, you know, what family means. Because I mean, honestly, they talked about family values so much, but they broke up families. I know. Um, you know, they broke up families, so crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's quite the show. It is. 
Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. Yeah. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Keep the faith. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Have a great afternoon. Thanks. You too, Andrea. Okay. Bye, Gina. Bye.